Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Hi all, um, it's good to be here. Uh, well, it's, it's good to be together anyway. Um, I, I've always liked being at home, so um, it's nice to be together in our homes, isn't it? So um, can I start by praying? <clears throat> I'm going to pray that uh, whatever I share this morning is helpful uh, and speaks to us. So Lord, I want to thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity that we have just to uh, spend some time together. And Lord, I want to pray this morning, Lord, that you'd speak to us through your word um, and through the words that I've uh, put together, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, if you get your Bibles ready, that, that would be helpful. So I would suggest if you could get Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41 um, in place. And later on, we're going to go to Matthew 14, 22 to 36. So there are two places you can have a little look. So that was Mark 4, 35 to 41 and Matthew 14, 22 to 36. So just two places just to get into your Bibles. Um, one of the things that I've been thinking about over the last... Um, a few weeks is about the storms I mean, we had loads of storms didn't we in the winter and uh, uh and a lot of people were lost their homes as a result of that and the wind and the, you know the rain and everything and uh and obviously this is a huge storm uh, affecting the whole nation uh, and the world so um i thought i would find a place where jesus calms a storm um, because i thought that'd be a really good place for us to uh, find ourselves this morning if we're in a storm um which we are and uh, find a way of actually see if we can um get some hope in that um, and uh, find a way through it. So that's the intention. So let's see. And we've all faced different storms at different times, haven't we? Some are challenging uh, and um, some, uh, you know, leave scars. Uh, some actually make us stronger. I would suggest actually most of the storms in life probably make us stronger if we reflect back. We go through them, we come out the other side, we've learned from them, uh, we've been changed by them. Um, I think if I reflect back on some of the things that I faced in my life and the challenges I've faced, I think sometimes the it would be nice to know what the outcome was before you went, this, went into the storm, wouldn't it? I mean, I think that would, that would make life a lot easier. It'd be lovely to know today that in four months' time, we'll be back to normal, everything meeting, everyone's happy. Um, no one that we knew, you know, was seriously affected by things. and Everyone's job was safe. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Um, we, of course, at the moment, don't know that. Um, so um, let's look at this storm that Jesus... Um, was involved in with his disciples so if you can turn with me to uh, mark 4 35 um, i'm going to read it out that day when evening came he said to his disciples let's go to the other side leaving the crowd behind them they took uh, took him along as he was in the boat there were also other boats with them a furious squall came up and waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion the disciples woke him and said teacher don't you care if we drown he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and was completely calm. He says to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I sometimes read this and think Jesus is being a bit harsh um, to those disciples. Um, on the face of it, you know, why are you so afraid? I mean, frankly, they were about to drown. I mean, 
it's not it's not unreasonable is it for for them to think hang on a second you know jesus come on you know it was bad we're fishermen this was a bad bad situation the storm was bad and you were just sleeping there in the back having a nice time on that cushion um and yet here we here we were drowning and and you're telling us off for not having faith um they were terrified absolutely terrified and they said who is this <laughs> who is this even the wind and the waves obey him I think that's the key, isn't it? I think um, the key perhaps is that phrase, who is this? They still hadn't worked it out, who was in the boat with them. They hadn't got it. Um, that's despite following him. Um, they'd seen him raise the dead. Um, they'd seen many, many healings. Um, and they'd heard his talks, but they still hadn't quite worked out who was in the boat with them. Who was it? Who is this? And that can actually be our question sometimes. We can sort of sometimes say, well, who is this? You know, who is it we've got with us? Who is this Jesus who's with us? Um, the other question they asked is, why was he asleep? What was he doing sleeping in the boat? Um, I love the little phrase cushion. Um, I, in my house, I've got a lot of cushions. Um, I, I, I've no idea what they're for. Um, at one point, my wife even has some cushions on our bed. And I thought, well, this is ridiculous because we've, we've got pillows on our bed. We don't need cushions there. Anyway, Jesus had a cushion on a boat. And uh, I find that quite incredible, really, because you imagine those little boats. You don't really imagine cushions being there. But little phrase in there, Jesus was asleep on a cushion. Um, I, think, I think probably Mark was making a point that he was quite comfortable um, um, and uh, seemed to be just resting it out. And, um, and I think sometimes that's what we're like. We, we, we're sort of saying, well, Jake, God, where are you in this? And we could be asking that at the moment about the situation we're in, you know. Uh, in this world, why is the coronavirus still here? What, what, why hasn't it gone anywhere? Uh, what, why, why aren't you answering our prayers in this? You know, why are people still struggling? Um, but perhaps we could look to the beginning of the story, um, uh, uh, the beginning of this little little passage to work out why. And I think the key to me is the right at the beginning, verse 35, um, Jesus said this, let's go over to the other side. Let's go. We're going to the other side. Um, so Jesus was really rebuking them for their lack of faith because he'd already told them where they were going. He already told them that we're going to get to the other side. We're, we're going to make it to the other side of this lake. Um, so actually, the faith element was actually, I'm the son of God, the word. You've seen what I've done already. You, know, you should know who I am by now. Um, and we're going to the other side. So whatever comes our way, you should actually know we're going to make it to this other side. And I think. That's amazing, isn't it? Um, it's amazing to think that Jesus knows the outcome. He knows the beginning and the end. Um, uh, and that's true of everything in our lives. That's true of this situation we're entering at the moment. And it's true of every situation that every person on the planet ever enters. He knows the beginning, the middle, and the end. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's the person, Jesus, who we have with us. Um, I was reflecting um, about a lady called Corrie ten Boom. Uh, she was a, a, a Dutch lady who, who, together with her father Casper and her sister, sister Betsy, helped many Jews in the Second World War. Uh, they, held, hide, they hid them in their, in their house. Um, she wrote a book about it called The Hiding Place. Um, my previous pastor, uh, host, um, was uh, a childhood friend of, well, he was a child and she was an old lady. Um, but he used to tell us lots of stories about this amazing elderly lady in her village, in his village, who, who, who just knew God and loved God amazingly. Um, they were eventually caught um, and she was put into a concentration camp. Um, her sister died. Um, but um, 
an incredible woman of faith who survived an incredible storm and came out the other side. Uh, and one of, the, one of her amazing quotes, which, which I love, is this one. When a train goes through a tunnel and gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and trust the engineer. It's true, isn't it? If you're on a train, you go into a tunnel, you don't go, hang on a second, wrong ticket, I shouldn't be in this train, I'm getting off here. Uh, darkness, that wasn't part of the journey. I wasn't sure I was in, I was, no, no, seriously, a tunnel? Where was that? I, I, I went out, you know. But actually that's true, we, we should trust the engineer. Um, and, and perhaps we should look to the beginning, let's, let's do that, let's think about it. Um, she, like the disciples, and ourselves need to learn to trust God when the storm or darkness comes. Um, that he's assured us of a good outcome. We're in uncertain times, um, but we have a very certain God an unchanging God, and his promises remain. John 3, 16, 17, one of the most famous passages in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And that's the truth. If you believe and trust in him and confess your sins or wrongdoings, he promises to forgive us, and he promises eternal life. That's an incredible gift, isn't it? An incredible opportunity that we have as Christians. Or, or people, if you've, not, if you've not turned to Christ before, if, if, this is, if you're listening to this and thinking, I don't know who Steve's talking about. I don't know this Jesus. The, the promise is here that if you turn to him, confess your sins, he promises to give you eternal life. He, he promises a good outcome. <laughs> whatever life throws at you, whatever life throws at you, uh, a, a good outcome, which is amazing, isn't it? Um, we can see the effect of this particular promise on the centuries gone by, where Christians not fearing death face challenges around them. Um, I was reading up about it during the week about how Christians faced various plagues uh, in, in previous uh, times. So uh, in Rome in AD 49 to 62, there was a huge plague. 5,000 Romans a, a day were dying, um, which is not dissimilar to what well, is actually worse than what we're facing today, even in Italy. Um, and, and Christians um, were there looking after the sick. Um, in fact, the, the, the Roman emperor at the time couldn't cope with it. He, he, he was saying that these guys are looking after not only their own people, but they're looking after those other people around them. How could they do that? Surely they were worried about dying. Well, actually, they weren't worried about dying because actually the promise that they had led to no fear. They, they weren't fearful. They weren't fearful of the outcome. Um, later on um, in, the, in the Gospels, in Mark, um, after Jesus had fed the 5,000, he sent the disciples uh, again on a boat. Um, and uh, in Matthew's account, uh, we're just going to look it up. So uh, let's do that. Matthew 14, verses 22. Um, and I just need to do that in my Bible as well. Um, just take me a second. Um, so again, uh, we're, we're in, we've got the disciples in the boat. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go ahead of him to the other side. There's the key again, to the other side. While the disciples dismissed, while he, while he dismissed the crowds, after he dismissed them, he went up the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. 
and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come onto the water. Come, he said. Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and he came toward Jesus. And when he saw the wind and the wave, he was afraid and began to sink, crying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. And when they crossed over to the other, they landed on the other side. What another story, but a little bit later on, isn't it? Um, and here we've got a completely different outcome, really. Firstly, the disciples went in the boat without Jesus. And they were being buffeted backwards and forwards. We don't hear them shouting, oh, we're not going to get it to the other side in this story, do we? In fact, quite the opposite. You know, when Jesus comes walking on by. They were terrified of him, but not the wind and the waves. They thought it was a ghost walking by. And then when they realized it was Jesus, they went, well, actually, this is even more amazing. And Peter, incredibly, gets out of the boat, <laughs> which is an amazing difference to where he was before in the previous story. He actually has learned something about who this person is, who Jesus is. And, and the outcome is they, they, they worshipped him as the son of God. They'd got something different this time around. They'd, they'd worked out that this was the son of God and that they were going to get to the other side. He does rebuke them again, Peter in this case, uh, for his lack of faith. Um, and you feel a bit sorry for Peter in this situation, don't you? Um, but but I, think, I think, again, Jesus is trying to provoke them. He's provoking them to know who it is that they're with. Who is it that's walking with them? Who is it that's watching over them? Who is it that cares for them? You have little faith. Well, I think he's trying to, he's not saying you've got little faith. He's trying to say, put that little faith you've got into action. In other parts of the Bible, it says, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, that's enough. So actually, is it a rebuke? Is he saying that little faith is, is not enough? No, I think perhaps he's not. I think he's saying, use the little faith that you have to work out who it is that's with you. Um, a little bit later on, um, as, as we read through the Gospels, um, uh, we find the disciples having a conversation with, uh, with uh, Jesus. Um, again, having got out of a boat, um, uh, they're in a boat again, and, um, and they'd forgotten to bring some loaves and fish with them. Um, and, and, and Jesus was talking to them about this. They'd just fed the 4,000 and they'd fed the 5,000. And, and they were thinking, well, what is it that Jesus means? That he was talking about the yeast of the Pharisees. And he said, don't, don't be getting worried about the yeast of the Pharisees. And, and they were sort of all worked up about this. Um, and so we read this in Matthew uh, chapter 16. So perhaps if we just, just find that as well. Um, I just need to get there myself. And verse 5. So here we go. Matthew chapter 16, verse 5. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, Is it because we didn't bring any bread? Aware of their discussions, Jesus said, You have little faith. Why are you talking amongst yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Do you still, do you remember the five loaves and the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? 
but it, be, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees. I think what, what Jesus is saying to the disciples here is remember, remember who I am. Remember what I've done. Remember that I fed the 5,000 and the 4,000 and bring to your memory those things. In fact, testimony means that. It means tell a story and, and I'll do it again. And, um, and in, this, in these three stories, we hear of two storms and both of them have got stilled. Um, I alluded to two feeding miracles uh, and Jesus healing many. Um, the reality is that what God has done in the past, he can do again. And in our prayers um, over these next few weeks and months, we should be praying, Lord, you've done it once, do it again. Um, and where we have to be remembering, we have to remember that Jesus, our God, is king of everything. He knows the beginning, the middle and the end. And the outcome is always secure in him.